It is Friday, July 29th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And joining us today is another special guest in our Beat Writer series. He is the publisher of the All 49ers channel on SI.com's Fan Nation. You can find regular Niners videos on his YouTube channel. He is at Grant Cohn on Twitter. Grant Cohn, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Let's talk some Niners. Yeah, we're glad to have you, especially during this busy time on the football schedule. So obviously we're going to start where everybody starts with the 49ers right now. Can you talk about not so much right now how Trey Lance looked today or yesterday in practice, but what is this offense going to look like with what is obviously a big switch in QB style from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance, assuming that Trey Lance doesn't lose the job with his play. What, what are we, should we expect a lot more running overall and a lot more designed QB running, for example? Right. Like it, we're talking quarterbacks. You're thinking passing. Let's start with the running game. This is a run first team. The only team that runs more than the Niners is Seattle. So I think the idea is as long as you're carrying your quarterback with your run game and defense, let's make the quarterback part of the run game. And so I think you're going to see a good run game get even better. You're going to see them run even more. And it's going to be like much more diverse than what they did with Jimmy. With Jimmy, it was a lot of under center pitches to the outside. That was essentially it. Um, With Trey, they'll do that. And they'll also do like pistol stuff and shotgun stuff and quarterback driven stuff. And it's going to be probably one among the most diverse run games in the league. They should average more than five yards of carry if their offensive line isn't terrible. So that's the run game aspect just in and of itself. And then, the big difference is going to be the return of play action. Jimmy sort of like, he kind of nixed it from the playbook. They were trying to teach him. He never really felt comfortable turning his back to the defense. And then last year they were saying, you know, like you got one year left as a starter. You got to pump up your own trade value. And I think what he was saying is, all right, well then put me in the shotgun where I'm comfortable. That's not what Kyle wants. He wants the way he called offenses in 2016 with Matt Ryan under center, taking shots off play action. And that's going to come back. Because Trey Lance is not as good of a quarterback right now as Jimmy when it just comes to lining up in the shotgun, making quick throws. That's not his game. He's going to be really tough for defenses when you on the play action bootleg stuff, the classic Shanahan stuff. Because once you get him outside the pocket, there's no, you know, there's no blitzes anymore. There's no coverage disguises and he's a running threat. I think that's where you'll see the biggest differences with the Niners offense. Well, Jared, since he brought up the offensive line, I know you've got an O-line question for him. Yeah, I mean, the interior of this line, right? They lost Alex Mack to retirement. Lincoln Tomlinson goes to the Jets in free agency. How how, how concerned should fantasy owners be about that line and how it's going to affect you know, both the running game and the passing game? Extremely, extremely concerned um, because if the offensive line is terrible, it, it ruins everything. It ruins the running game that you were banking on investing because the, the Kyle always has a good running game, and it's going to ruin their passing game too. That's, that's what's happened the last two days in, in camp. Their offensive line has been so bad that they haven't been able to function offensively. Tomlinson was a pro bowler. Alex Mack was a pro bowler. They're gone. And then Mike McGlinchey, solid starter. He's coming off a serious injury too. So you don't really know how many actual starting caliber offensive linemen they have. They have Trent Williams, great player. McGlinchey, solid when when healthy. Daniel Brunskill. After that, they're looking to see what – they're trying to find out if they have a fourth and fifth starting caliber offensive lineman. It's a big deal. But they do have time, like once they eventually get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a lot of cap space, they can bring in more people. I feel like this team is a work in progress. The fact that Jimmy's still on the team is mind-blowing to me 
And I think what they're saying is like, we don't want to cut them. So Seattle can just scoop them up. We'll cut them way at the end. So eventually they'll have money to play with. Five years ago, they traded for Lake and Tomlinson week two. They could do something like that. And I, I would think they would. Last year, getting Alex Mack was so important to them. Not because he's good, not just because he's a good athlete, but because on the Niners offense, the center sets the protections. So a lot of how good the pass protection is, is based on how, how good the center is. And um, right now in, in camp, it's not just that offensive linemen are getting beat one-on-one. They're just not picking up people. So if they may not have a center on the roster, they have work to do. It's something to monitor if, if, if you're really looking and in investing yeah. in this offense as a fantasy player, because right now the offense has looked horrendous in camp. Now, usually it does. First week, the Niners have a really good defense. They're missing all kinds of starters in the offense. Horrendous. So you mm-hmm. might usually, uh, I don't know, I usually these drafts are a little bit later, so you can see the preseason. Watch the Niners. You really need to monitor this offensive line. You think, well, I mean, you think Shanahan's scheme is good enough to, you know, kind of mask the O-line issues? Um, hopefully, but look at two years ago, 2020, they had Trent Williams. They had Kyle Shanahan. They led the league in quarterback hits allowed and went through three quarterbacks. So as good as Kyle is, he's had quarterback injuries every year he's been here since, except for 2019. I think the offense is just a little bit more old school. There's longer drops, more seven-step drops, uh, more holding the ball a little bit longer, play action. I don't know. This might be on him. We'll have to see. While we're talking about that action up front, limiting the offense today, how much of that was the pass rush playing well? I know that the O-line's struggling, but is the pass rush playing well right now? Yeah, I mean, this might be the best defense in the league. They have maybe not the best defensive line, but the deepest one. I mean, 1 through 12, it's ferocious. Then they probably do have the best trio of linebackers. And then their secondary is really improved. They have Traverius Ward, who's a huge upgrade over Josh Norman. They have Emmanuel Mosley, who's improving and very good. Jimmy Ward, who's excellent. It's a really good defense. And uh, the Niners offense has learned. The, Kyle is very arrogant in a sense. He thinks his scheme trumps talent on offense to a degree, with the exception of a few positions. So he wants to pour most of the Niners' investments into defense in his show. All right. The Niners' backfield, Elijah Mitchell was a workhorse when he was healthy last season. Um, do you expect that to continue? Do you expect them to lighten his load? And if they do lighten his load, you know, where are those carries going to go? I feel like he's gotten essentially definitely most of the starting carries, if not all of them. I mean, I know they have a lot of running backs on the team and they could do a running back by committee, but Elijah's good. I mean, he's a rookie last year. He averaged 4.7 yards per carry in 11 games. He was just a hair under a thousand yards. I don't think they're necessarily going to dial back his workload. The issue with him was that he was like 205 pounds and he kept getting hurt. Really tough runner, but he kept getting hurt. This year, he's 215. He's way bigger. And I think the whole idea is, you're good. We'd like to keep giving you the ball. They gave him the ball 20 times a game when he was healthy routinely, but you got to be able to hold up to the, the pounding. So I think yeah. the idea is he's a starter. And then you have Trey Sermon, who they were really down on last year. You have Jeff Wilson Jr., who's a competent backup that they like. And you got Ty Davis Price, who's interesting. I think the idea is – we're going to talk about Debo later, but I think the idea is to not use Debo as much as a running back until you really have to. And so Ty Davis Price is – he's not Debo, but he's six feet, he's 220, he runs a 4.5. Like there are similarities, and I think that as a change of pace he's – not. he doesn't look like a change of pace runner, but I think it could be Mitchell and Davis Price – 
uh, like it was Mitchell and Debo last year. That's at least the plan for me. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned uh, Mitchell putting on like 10 pounds or whatever. I, I, I always worry when backs put on weight, have you noticed him, you know, looking less explosive, losing any speed with that extra weight? Well, what I understand is that he played at about 215 in college. He dropped weight to run at the at his pro day. He ran a 4-3. The Niners were in tree. And they wanted him to stay there because they thought he's this Raheem Mostert type. He does not, he's not fast like that. I don't know how he ran that 4-3, but he doesn't play <laughs> like that. So I, but he's still good. He's still very good. So I think they're feeling like, look, I mean, if you're not going to play like 4-3, then don't be 205. Go back to what you were at in college. I think it's probably the right call. Now you tease the next offensive question because Debo, it's, it's a toss up whether Debo or Trey Lance is the biggest story out there right now. So that we saw the usage change a lot midway through last season. He went from clear wide receiver, barely touching the ball on the ground and leading the league in yards per catch, by the way, to Mm -hmm. then they turned him into like, I don't know, a sexier chase Edmonds. All of a sudden they're handing him the ball a ton. They're barely throwing it to him. We've all know about the controversy. Are they going to go back to what it was in the first half of last season, or is it going to be something in between those two extremes? I mean, that's the plan, right? But the plan was never to use him like a running back last year. That was out of necessity because the season was going down the tubes. They were three and five. So, you know, teams always have plans. They always like their plans, but let's see what happens when they're three and if they're three and five, right? I mean, I think the idea last year, you you pointed it out, like through 10 games, eight games, he had like, thousand yards he was the most targeted quarter, uh, wide receiver in football issue with him two things one the quarterback on the Niners the last few years no matter how you feel about Jimmy has been a liability that's why they run the ball so much despite having Debo and Kittle and I so just you there weren't that many targets to go around because they don't want to throw and then with Debo of all the best wide receivers in the league he has the worst hands I mean, he drops the most balls of all the best. He's, he's, he's an elite wide receiver but in that tier he has the worst hands and he's not necessarily the best route runner so it makes sense to have him do a lot of his work behind the line of scrimmage. And I'm sure he doesn't want to do it as much anymore. I'm sure they told him he doesn't have to, although they haven't agreed on an extension just yet. <laughs> but what happens if things go bad like last year? Because they've really shown that when he plays running back, when he gets two carries, they're almost unbeatable. At least two in a game. I think they're like 13 and two all time when he has two carries. Less than that? I mean, they're just not a very good offense. And he's partially to blame, but also they just – they don't have that top 10 quarterback or that top 10 offensive line. So I'm curious. I have a feeling he's going to end up playing running back again. <laughs> why, why don't they just hand him the ball in the first two plays of the game then? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, you know, you mentioned the contract situation is, you know, is he still holding in and is, you know, is there any concern that he, you know, sits out regular season games because of it? I don't think so. I think the Niners offense has been so horrendous in training camp so far. I think Debo's just like, See what I'm saying? <laughs> See what I'm saying? You kind of need me out there. The thing that's yeah. interesting is I don't think the numbers are an issue. I think pretty much everyone understands the going rate for an elite wide receiver. I mean, five of them have got extensions. The issue is the years. Bear with me here. Okay. DK just got three-year extension. That's great for a player because now he's going to be a free agent again at 27. He wants that. The Niners have always been a five-year extension team with like all the guaranteed money in the first two years. That's team-friendly. So after that second year, you're pretty much at the Niners' mercy, and they can get rid of you whenever they want. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, if I were Debo, he is the same agent as DK. I want the three-year extension. He's already 26. With a three-year extension, he's a free agent in his 20s again. The Niners don't do business like that. Will they make an exception? Because that creates a precedent next year when they have to give out big money to Nick Bosa. It's a conundrum. I'd love to see what's going to happen. 
I just heard you today on your YouTube channel call Brandon Ayuk maddeningly inconsistent. Is it more of the same stuff that got him not sidelined, but off to a slow start last year? Is it still an issue? And does it seem like it's still an issue with the coaches? I don't know how the coach, they're, they're saying all the right things about him, but I'm frustrated. Debo's out. This is Ayuk's time to shine. Everyone, they traded up for him in round one. He was supposed to be a number one receiver. He had no catches today. Where are you? I mean, Debo doesn't have days like that. You're supposed to be a superstar. And he, like yesterday, he made two diving catches. He was terrific. He really competed today. Let a ball bounce off his hands. That was his whole day. Like, you're satisfied with that? Come on. You're supposed like demand the ball or something. I don't know. Debo's just so much more assertive. I like Ayuk, but his rookie year, he really did excellent in training camp. I've seen him do it, and I feel like for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to live up to that since then, and it's frustrating. I know he can do better, so I don't know. Hard to know what to expect with him. I feel like if looking at him from a fantasy perspective, what he showed his rookie year was an explosive receiver. The kind of guy who would win downfield and be used on end arounds and get, generate big plays. Last couple of years, he looks like a possession guy. He looks bigger, slower, and less elusive in the open field. I think one thing that's interesting to remember, his rookie year, he played with Nick Mullins. George Kittle had his best season with Nick Mullins. There's something about Nick Mullins, all right? I'm not saying he's a good quarterback, but he slings it, and he has no conscience, and he throws the ball down the field. Jimmy wants to just throw a lot of short passes, so bad fit with him. And right now you've got Trey Lance throwing a very, very heavy ball. Uh, I dropping some of them and he doesn't, he just doesn't have that explosion off the line. I don't know what it is. I just feel like they took him ahead of T Higgins. There's high expectations for Brandon. I, he needs to play better. Yeah, the Nick Mullins thing is kind of like the Ryan Fitzpatrick where, you know, he's not an amazing quarterback, <laughs> but he's fearless. So just throw it. And he's like, Oh, well, it's an interception. I guess next time I'm going to try it again and see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. On the defensive side, I also heard you talking about Talanoa Hufanga. So I want to know, does he have a chance to start at safety this year? He's not even in a competition. They gave him the job. What's so funny is there's Talanoa Hufanga on defense and Trey Lance on offense. And the Niners have shown from from day one so much more confidence in Talanoa Hufanga, the fifth-round pick, than Trey Lance, who they traded the farm for. And it's like – but, I mean, no questions with Talanoa. They were impressed with his uh, professionalism from day one. John Lynch and and uh, Troy Palomalu both give him the seal of approval, two of the best strong safeties ever. And so far in camp, I mean, he picked off Trey today. He's given up no big plays. We'll see what happens when he goes against offenses with a little bit more firepower. But uh, he's surrounded by a lot of good DBs, and he's supposed to be the instinctual playmaker that they don't have and need. So he could be a really good player. Will he spend a decent amount of time in the box for us? He could. I mean, he could, but I think the idea is on third down in particular, Jimmy Ward is your man-to-man coverage guy. So actually, Talanoa could be in center field with his 4-6, 40-yard dash. Even though he's slow, if he has instincts and he can read the play, he can make plays. So we'll see if he if his uh, instincts override his lack of athleticism. Yeah, and that has often been the, the issue for us fantasy players just looking for tackles because the further he gets from the ball, you know, the harder it is to find opportunities like that. Jerry. One more for you before we let you go. Um, Diamandor Lenore, I also heard you talk about in the YouTube video today. What are his chances of pushing his way into the starting lineup? It's interesting because he was the one that played well in training camp last year. He was the one that got the first opportunity to replace Jason Britt last year. He struggled. They benched him. They went with Josh Norman for a long time and finally came back to Ambry Thomas, who had a pretty good end of the season. In camp so far, Ambry Thomas is the mark. He is the weakest link every day. 
And Diamador is actually competing really well, breaking up lots of passes, not getting beat very much. Maybe, maybe it's just maybe Ambry's better in games than Diamador. But it seems to me that Diamador is improving. Uh, Ambry is he's one of these third round picks that looks like a first round pick. Six feet tall. You ran a four three. But why'd you go in the four in the third round? Well, it's like when the you're in great coverage, you're in, you're right there, hip to hip. The ball comes, you can't make a play on it consistently, and that seems to be him. Diamador went in the fifth round because he's not big or he doesn't look like a first round pick, but he seems to be a scrappy competitor. We'll see what happens, but right now I think he's a better player than Ambry. Mm. It'll be interesting. You don't know those cornerbacks who are right there and the ball comes and you can't. It's like you really couldn't find the ball. What, what was that? <laughs> Every time, how do you coach that? <laughs> if I knew, I'd probably be making a lot more money right now. I don't know if you guys remember Chris Culliver 10 years ago. The Niners had same same kind of same kind of player. Third round pick, hell of an athlete, could not find the ball with GPS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I'll be watching to see who winds up in that lineup alongside Emmanuel Mosley. Traverius Ward looks very good. They went out and spent big money yeah. on him. He's a big, huge upgrade over Josh Norman, which is mm-hmm. why, I mean, partially why Trey Lance is struggling again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's that defense yeah. that you mentioned again. So maybe we should be paying more attention to this team defense for fantasy purposes. I think so. It's been a really good defense, except it doesn't force turnovers. This year, it's going to be much more aggressive. As Last year was like this amazing pass rush and corners who were playing nine yards off. Like, why are you conceding quick passes? You should take those away, force the quarterback to hold it. That's what they're trying to do. And that's the whole reason they brought in Chavarius Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if they can get away with it without committing a bunch of penalties. Nice. Well, he is at Grant Cohn on Twitter. You can find all the 49ers content you can handle on his YouTube page on all49ers.com. Grant, thanks very much for joining us today, giving your insight. My pleasure. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. You can find every episode of the Beat Writer series and every episode of the podcast on DraftSharks.com, on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. For Grant Cohn, Jared Smola, and the entire DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 